renew, restore, revive your church and make us whole. Ignite, transform, take us to a place we've never seen before. Because you've done the impossible. We've seen our mountains move before your word. It's unstoppable. With expectation, we declare no mountains stand before us, and no weapons formed against us. We're standing on your promise. We believe in you, Lord, for greater things. We know that you are able, and we've seen, we've seen that you are able. And oh God, release your favor. We believe in you, Lord, for greater things. Oh, yes. Hallelujah. Make this your prayer today. Say, renew, restore, and revive your church and make us whole. Ignite, transform. Take us to a place we've never seen before. Because you've done You've done the impossible, and we've seen our mountains move before your word. is unstoppable, with expectation we declare. No mountains stand before us, and no weapons form against us. We're standing on your promise. We believe in you, Lord, for greater things we know that you are with. We've seen, we've seen that you are able. Oh God, oh God, release your favor. We believe in you, Lord. For come on, wherever you are right now, hallelujah. I want you to know that there's foundation shaking. Hallelujah. The things in your life are being shaken for a reason, and God's going to do some incredible things. Every curse can be broken off of you right now in the name of Jesus. Say, foundations are shaking. And every curse is breaking, strongholds are falling, and greater things are coming. Foundations are shaking, and every curse is breaking, strongholds are falling, and greater things are coming. Foundations are shaking. And every curse is breaking, strongholds are falling, and greater things are coming. Foundations, foundations are shaking, and every curse is breaking, strongholds are falling, and greater things are coming. Hey, yeah, so mountains stand before us. And no weapons form against us. We're standing on your promise. We believe in you, Lord, for greater things. We know that you are with. And we've seen. We've seen that you are able. Oh, God. Oh, God, release your favor. We believe in you, Lord, for greater things. Oh, yes. Hallelujah. Come on, let's just worship him right now. Hallelujah. God, we worship you. We praise you, Lord. We thank you, God. Hallelujah. We believe you for greater things. 
do greater things in our lives, do greater things in our family, do greater things in our community. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.
Well, praise the Lord, everybody. I'm so glad that you have joined us today. Today is a beautiful day. It is the day that the Lord has made. For the month of April, we have covered the subject of love and God's church. That's love is why, and uh, love is the reason, and it's the motivation. And uh, so love is why. Love is why Jesus, we talked about how he came and how he died and how he rose, how he reigns, how love is the reason. And then last week we talked about love is why the church that Jesus established is essential. And love really is our motivation. It should be our reason why that we do everything that we do as a church. And so as the body of Christ, why is love? Love is the why. And why we go, it's why we give, it's why we serve, and it's why we stay. And that's what we're going to talk about today for the next few moments. And I want us to get uh, ready to get into the Word of God. I'm so glad that you have joined us. I'm so glad that you're here with us today. Would you go to the Word of God with us right now? 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verses 13 through 15. And uh, we're going to be reading in the NIV. Uh, you can read in the King James if you would like. But in the NIV, 2 Corinthians 5.13 says, If we are out of our mind, as some say, it is for God. And if we are in our right mind, it is for you. For Christ's love compels us because we are convinced that one died for all and therefore all died. And then verse 15 says, and he died for all that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died. And I want you to think about this for him who died for them and was raised again. Wow, what a powerful scripture we read, that we would no longer live for ourselves, but that we would live, amen, for him who died for us and was raised again. Love is our why. I know it doesn't make sense to everyone, but that's all right. Many people don't understand why we do uh, the things that we do. I want us just to pray right now and ask God uh, to bless this word and to bless the hearing and receiving of his word. Lord Jesus, thank you for our time together today. I pray, God, that you bless each and every one to receive what you want to do in our hearts and lives. Help us, God, to draw closer to you and help us to really understand from your word that love is why we do what we do. In Jesus' name, and everybody say amen. Amen. God bless you. Love is why we do what we do at the crossroads. We realize that things that go on throughout our church family and the things that happen when we get together and when we're apart that we do as the body of Christ, those things are eternally essential. And I won't take the time today to go through everything. But let me just give you a few short explanations today of how we explain that love is why. We have a very good reason why we do what we do. We get our reasoning from the Word of God. Uh, we didn't just pull it out of thin air. We didn't just kind of make things up as we went. But love is why. So first of all, let me say that love is why we go. 
God loves and He cares about all nations and all people everywhere. There's not anybody on this earth that God doesn't care about. He cares about the Muslims. He cares about the homeless. He cares about uh, the snobs on Wall Street. Amen. He cares about everybody. All people matter to God, even people that we might have trouble liking and those maybe that think differently than we do about God and uh, maybe about church or religion and maybe about equality of life in general. Even those people God loves. Even those people uh, God cares about. So because Jesus loves and his mission was to seek and to save, then it becomes the mission of the body of Christ to be motivated by his love to go into all the world. And guess what we're supposed to do? Preach the gospel. Amen. How many of you are thankful today that we have a commission from God, that we are not just suggested or it's not just recommended, but he actually commands us in his word to go. And so we are commanded to go by his word and we are compelled to go by his love. When you travel to other countries that are not maybe as affluent either uh, materially or they're not affluent spiritually as America is, you see the great need for the gospel of Jesus Christ. And you see it in the eyes of the people of that country. God's heart is one of compassion, and he sends out his people on a mission to be his ambassadors of grace and mercy and love to the entire world. And that is why, my friends, that is why we go, because of the great love of Jesus for the entire world, not just part of the world, but the whole world. Mark 16 and verse 15 in the King James, and he said unto them, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Love is why we go. Love is our purpose. Love is our motivation. Love is our reasoning. A few years ago, God dealt with me about doing more in missions. And I felt God challenged me and our local church family to be more personally involved, not just financially involved, but personally involved in spreading the gospel. So we started what we call the Go Team. And now every year we make opportunities for people to keep the go in the gospel. We take that uh, commission literally. We understand that Jesus gave us that commission for a purpose. Before this current crisis, it had never been easier to travel and to get every place on this, the face of the earth. We cannot go everywhere, but guess what? We will go somewhere. Amen. We may not see every person on earth saved, but we will see people give their lives to Jesus and grow spiritually because we go, because of our efforts. Amen. So more importantly, we are more motivated by love. Love is our why. Love is our reason. It's the reason we share God's love. We understand through sharing God's love, we can change the world. My, uh, my uh, uh, Bible college instructor, Jim Sleever, used to say, exposure breeds a burden. That's what he used to tell us. And I can't tell you, uh, I, I can tell you that once you go on a mission trip, once you have the opportunity to see the love and the power of God at work, it will change your life. 
I mean, God's ultimate goal is to assemble a vast and diverse family that represents every tribe and every tongue and people and nation, Revelation 5, 9, and 10. When we travel, when we go abroad, we see God's love for the people and you see him as the Lord of the harvest and you will encounter Jesus as you immerse yourself in the work of the gospel in a distant land. Who wouldn't love to have a front row seat to see God's heart in action? Love is why we go. Amen. Love is not just why we go, but love is why we give. Some people shy away from talking about giving. I know, especially in this time of uncertainty, uh, people are very uh, leery about talking about giving because they feel like that's what people think that church people and preachers are all about is the money. But what is the reason behind why we give? It's not so that pastor could live in a mansion. It's not so that pastor could drive a Bentley or a pastor could buy a $2,000, $3,000, $5,000 suits. No, uh, love is the why. Love is the why we give because we love God and we love people. This is what 1 John 3, 17 and 18 in the NIV says. If anyone, get this, has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need but has no pity on them, how can the love of God be in that person? Dear children, let us not love with words or speech but with actions and in truth. So for those of us to follow that follow Jesus... Our decision to love is not just primarily financial in nature. Our decision to give and to be a part of giving, it's not financial in nature. It's rooted in, number one, the very nature of God. And number two, it's rooted in our relationship with Jesus Christ. John 3.16 tells us, God so loved the world that he gave. That statement is not simply an evangelical promotional slogan. It's not just an effective witnessing tool. It's a revelation into the heart of God. And it's a summation of the meaning of the Christian life. If there's one thing the New Testament teaches us, it's that God is love. And that those who claim to believe in Jesus Christ ought to love one another like the scripture says, as he has loved us in 1 John chapter 4. And the message of John 3, 16 to us as Christians and believers is that love gives. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, say, love gives. Because God has given so abundantly to me and because my greatest desire is to please him, then I am motivated to give cheerfully and generously to his work. He gave everything for me. All he expects in return is for me to give my everything to him while I live. Everything I have belongs to God, not just a tenth. It's not because I feel like I have to give. It's because I love God. And because he loved me, he gave and he keeps on giving. So how could I not give back to him and his kingdom? Ephesians 5, 1 and 2, it says, Therefore be imitators of God as beloved children and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and a sacrifice to God. 
So God, I want you to get this, God loved the world so much that he gave. And the Apostle Paul tells us, the church, he tells us to be imitators of God. And not only that, he says, but walk in love just as Christ loved us. Have you ever thought about how much Christ loved us? Have you thought about how he showed us that he loved us? It was through giving. So guess what, church? Love is why we give. When you put that offering in, when you put the tithes in, when you put that greater offering in, love is why we give. It seems so unnatural to an ungodly way of thinking, but the love of God compels us to be givers. And we don't just give of our finances. No, not just of our treasure, but we give of our time and we give of our talent as well. Don't be stingy in any area. Why? Because God wasn't stingy with us. Why, Why don't we just imitate God and give willingly our very best out of love? Yes, Love is our motivation for going. Yes, love is our motivation for giving, but it's also why we serve. Love is why we serve. Look at your neighbor and tell him, say, love is why I serve. Amen. Love is why I serve. In John 13, 15, Jesus sets an example for us to follow. If you read the the story, it's so powerful. After washing his disciples' feet, this act of love and humility and service, he encourages us to follow and uh, follow his lead and to serve one another every time we have the opportunity. I've, I've set an example. I've set you an example, Jesus said, that you should do as I have done for you. God Manifest in the flesh. Jesus Christ never placed himself in a position above others. He led by serving and he loved by serving. Jesus washed feet. He fed thousands. He walked uh, to, to visit and to heal the sick and the dead. He stopped to touch and heal a sick woman. He spent time with the ones that nobody else cared to spend time with. Jesus lived a life of loving humility. Jesus showed us through his actions, through his life, that serving others and showing love go hand in hand. What a beautiful example that Jesus sets for us to follow. This is what the scripture says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, rather in humility value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of the others in your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Jesus Christ. Philippians chapter two, verses three through five. And then it also says, you, my brothers and sisters, you were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Get that? (laughs) Don't use your freedom to entertain yourself all the time during this uh, pandemic, but, but you should use it to serve one another humbly in love. Galatians chapter five. In verse 13, we should be looking for opportunities to serve, serving others and genuine love. The scripture tells us those go hand in hand. Jesus exampled it for us. But what exactly does that look like in our lives, especially right now when things are so upside down? Well, why don't you think about the needs of others? Why don't you think about how you can place other people's needs above your own? Look for ways to serve people. Look for ways to bless people in everyday life. Do you go to the store and people got their mask on, everything's going crazy, and you see a mom that's struggling, amen, at the store. Do something simple. Let her get in line in front of you. Amen. Do something easy. Do something simple. Make it nice for somebody. Follow God's prompting and leading when you're going about your day. 
If you feel like you should stop and serve, then go ahead and do it. That doesn't necessarily mean that you take on every opportunity that's presented to you, but pray and ask God and then listen to God and do what he says. We should also be very purposeful about serving each other and serving the body of Christ. Jesus told his disciples, he said it like this, as I have done to you, <laughs> you are supposed to do for each other. That's kind of a foreign concept in our, in our world today. People want to do for themselves. They want to take care of number one. They want to look out for themselves before anything else. They're looking to make themselves happy. And Jesus said, no, you're supposed to put others above yourselves. Jesus washed the disciples' feet. This was a task that was the lowest for the lowest of the servants in those days. They come in off the dusty trails and their feet were nasty. And then they would, they would have to uh, have their feet close to the table because the tables were low to the ground. And not one of the disciples, not even one could lower themselves to wash the feet of their fellow peers so that they would have clean feet while they were sitting close to their feet at the table. But Jesus, he shows them love. And he shows what a perfect example of serving looks like. And he goes around and humbly washes their feet. I would like to ask you right now, what are some things that you notice maybe are not being done? And instead of criticizing the church or criticizing the leadership for something that's not being done, why don't you pray about it and, and offer to serve in that area? And you might say, but I don't have a lot of expertise. I can't do this. I can't do that. Maybe you can't do everything, but you can do something. And your uh, service, your serving will be honorable before God. God will help you if you want to serve in love. And if we're truly being like Jesus, we can love each other through serving. Through serving one another, we can show God's love for everyone. And we will make our world a better place. The scripture tells us that Jesus did not come to be served, but to serve. So we need to stop acting like we are consumers in the kingdom of God. And we need to start producing service through our love for each other and through our love for God. We should love everyone that we can. We should serve everyone that we can. We should be a blessing to everyone that we can. And so love is why we go it is why we give, and yes, it is definitely why we serve, because without the love of Jesus, we would not serve. But let me take it one step further uh, before we close out today, and I'm so thankful that you have joined us, because here's the thing that uh, a pastor's heart today, uh, God has dealt with me this week, and I, I need to share this with you. I've seen so many people over the years that got burned out, <clears throat> because somewhere along the way, their love for Jesus grew cold. And you might be thinking, Pastor, you know, that's not me. I, I still love Jesus. Let, just hear me out. Sometimes people's love for Jesus grows cold inside of them. And, and I, I know that there are going to be opportunities for you to walk away from God. I know that uh, you will have opportunities to walk away from the church and from what you know is truth according to the word of God. You may be offended by somebody. Something may go wrong. Something may happen. And you may even uh, be irritated with, with family members or, or church members. And there may be some friction there. And the devil tries to use that. The only thing that is going to keep you grounded during those times of offense, during those times of hurt or, 
or even what we're going through now, this, uh, this pandemic that has turned our world upside down. The only thing that will keep you grounded through these times of uncertainty is the love of God that he has for you and your love for him. So yes, I do say today in our last section here that love is why we stay. This is probably the one that concerns me the most right now. Love is why we stay. When every feeling that we have is telling us to go, to walk away, the enemy of our souls uh, works very hard against our minds. The devil and our flesh are telling us lies and trying to get us off track, thinking that Jesus is never going to return, thinking that we have all the time in the world, thinking that, you know, God doesn't really love us or we don't really need a church or church family. You know, uh, we're, we're doing just fine and everything seems to be going okay. And, you know, I'm going to get a, a check and this is going to happen and that's going to happen and things will get back to normal. And, and God is crying out to us. He's calling out to us to see the necessity of the body of Christ, to see the necessity of coming together and being able to be together and worship and loving one another. And God has given us this church family. He's given us our pastor. He's given us leadership for a reason because our flesh will lie to us. It will do the very best it can to persuade us into doing things right now and allowing things in our life that will drive us further away from the love of God. The scripture is very plain about this, that nothing can separate us from the love of God. But guess what? We sometimes will allow things that will drive a wedge in our relationship with Jesus and with others. We will allow things in that never were supposed to be in. They weren't supposed to separate us from the love of God. But because the, the, the love for Jesus has grown cold, we, we suddenly, uh, things are now okay that didn't used to be okay. Things are, we, we, we kind of make uh, concessions for in our life. And we, we say all these things because we think, hey, this is, this is what I want. This is what will make me happy. And the Bible says this. It says that Jesus endured the cross, despising the, ch the shame for the joy that was set before him. So you need to hear this. He stayed when it would have been much easier, much more convenient, a lot less painful for him to go. And Jesus proved his love for us. By staying. Now I realize over the past month, especially the past few months, maybe even the past six months, several of you listening to me right now, you have been very tempted to walk away. And I'm not saying this lightly. I feel like God put this into my spirit this week. And I feel like I need to say this. Please hear the heart of your pastor right now. But I know that you've been tempted to walk away from the church family, to walk away from God. And to walk away from a relationship with Jesus Christ that you know he wants to have with you. You've walked away from ministry opportunity. You've walked away from being involved. You've walked away already from some things. And now he's tempting you to just leave it all behind. And for far too many of us, I believe, our love has grown cold for Jesus. And we need to examine ourselves today when asked, <laughs> when Jesus was asked what it would be like before he would return. Jesus makes a very stunning statement to his disciples. And I want to examine this statement with you for just a moment. We, we find it in the book of Matthew. 
This is what Jesus says, and many will turn away from me and, be hate, and betray and hate each other. And sin will be rampant everywhere. And then he says this, and the love of many will grow cold. We find that in Matthew chapter 24. And I want you to notice that Jesus predicted that it was going to happen. He said that it was going to take place. What a powerful reminder as we look into the word of God. What's shocking to me is that Jesus in this passage of scripture that we read in Matthew chapter 24, Jesus is not uh, talking to uh, the, the world. He's not talking to people that are not saved. He is talking to Christians, believers, people who are saved, people who love God. And the Greek word for love that we find in this passage in Matthew chapter 24. The Greek word for love used in this passage is agape, which is used uh, to show us the love of God that is shed abroad in our hearts, the, the unwavering love of God, uh, the undeniable love of God, the, the unearned love of God. This is the selfless, sacrificial love that's developed in us through the work of the Holy Spirit that Jesus tells us, guess what, guys? It's going to grow cold. In many people, I know that that's shocking, but in so many people, even in the church today, Jesus is telling us, before I return, it's going to happen. The love of many people will grow cold. And I'm telling us, church, I'm telling you today, amen, you've got to be very careful because some of our love has grown cold. I can tell you that God has dealt with me about that this week. If your view of sin has diminished and it, you know things that used to be sin aren't sin to you anymore and maybe your fear of the Lord is gone, you need to be very careful because the Lord Jesus said that because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. And this is the time that we are living in. Everybody wants to make up the rules, their own rules for living for God. Everybody wants to decide, well, I think Jesus would be okay with this. I think that, you know, even though his word says it's, it's not good, or even though he's not okay with it in his word, I think because of, you know, the time we live in, the day we live in, all that's just kind of outdated, I think he would be okay with it now because, you know, truthfully, it's what, it's what makes me happy. And, and I think maybe some way there, there may be a, a, a way for me to serve God better if I do do it my way. And Jesus said this in verse 10, many will turn away from me and betray and hate each other. This one's very obvious. I, I want to ask you this, just kind of, do, do you choose to follow Jesus and honor him and your personal and your private times as well as your public life? Because we can say one thing and we can put one thing out to social media, but, but what makes up our thought lives? What do you choose? What do you usually choose to? What's your go-to when you're bored? How do you handle your time and how are you handling your money? Some people say, well, pastor, you know, uh, you just preach to us. You just tell us what the word of God says. And you, you don't, you know, why don't you leave the rest of that alone? Because the, the Bible deals with that. Jesus dealt with that. And I'm dealing with it because the word tells us that the love of many will grow cold. How do you treat your, yourself? How do you treat your spouse? How do you treat your family? How are you treating your friends? Paul said this to Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 10, and he was ex explaining about this man named Demas, and he said, 
for Demas, Timothy, Demas, Demas has forsaken me. And, and the reason that Demas has forsaken me is because he loved this present world. Sometimes we're offended. Sometimes we, we, we love the things of the world more than we love the things of God. And we allow our love for Jesus to grow cold. And we get into what Brother Grace spoke of the other day as a rut. We get into a place where uh, we can't get out of and we don't understand. And I would say we need more than ever before in this church, we need a revival of the, our love for God and our love for each other so that we would have the determination to stay during rough times and we would allow God to get us out of that rut of worldly thinking and worldly living and our love that has grown cold for him. Can I tell you the only way that this is possible is if we will be broken before God and if we will allow his love to come into our lives and into our hearts on a regular basis. The only way that we can do that is by open communication with him. Because here's the problem, church. We won't stay if we're not motivated by love. If it's fear of losing out and going to hell, if it's, if it's uh, you know, uh, popularity, if it's uh, anything else, if it's doubt, if it's, you know, wanting to be healed, whatever it is, that won't keep us in church. If I truly love you and I truly love God and I'm receiving his love daily, it's going to be very hard for me to ever walk away from this. So I would say to you today, don't let anything come between you and Jesus. Keep communicating even when it's difficult and even when you don't understand it. Even when the words in this book uh, seem like a foreign language to you, please apply yourself to the word of God. Please get into the word of God and let the word of God speak to you. He loves you and he wants his love to be shed abroad in your hearts. The word of God is, is quick and it's powerful. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. It pierces even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit. Joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of our heart. That's why pastor's trying to get you to read the word every day. That's why we make it a point. And you might ask, how is this possible? How can I tap into the love of God and, and my love for God and his love for me? How can I experience that? How can I have that love that would provide the power that I need to go, to give, to serve, and to stay? I can tell you, it can start right here today. It's a very few very simple things that you can do right now today. And you say, oh, this is the same thing you've been saying for years, Pastor, but it's so much more important even today than it has ever been. If God has convicted you of things during this message today that you know are displeasing to him, then for goodness sake, please stop whatever it is that you are doing. Please turn your, 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 yourself around. Please stop and take time to acknowledge those things right now and say, God, you've dealt with me about this. You've dealt with me about this habit, this relationship this thing that's going on and talk to him right now. Ask God to forgive you for those things and make up in your mind if it costs you everything that you will move away from those things and you will move forward with Jesus Christ. Repentance is a change of heart and mind. Yes, you, you feel conviction, but then you have to make up your mind you're going to turn from those things. And then you'll need to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. If you've already been baptized, God bless you. I'm so glad. But you need to be baptized in the name of Jesus to wash away all your sins and all the stains of your past. 
If you've been baptized in Jesus' name, just ask the blood of Jesus to wash over you fresh and new. Through repentance and through baptism, you are then able to move towards your new life in Jesus Christ. And Jesus promises he will fill you with his spirit, with the gift of the Holy Ghost. That is how the scripture tells us the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts. That's how it happens through repentance, through turning away from our ways and going God's way and saying, God, I'm tired of doing things my way. I'm ready to go your way. I'm ready to do things the way that you would have me to do them. If you're having trouble with repentance, if you're having trouble and you don't understand baptism, please let us know. We want to help you today. We want to pray with you to receive the Holy Ghost. Amen. If you're having trouble with the things that we spoke about and you say, well, love is why we go and we give and we serve and we stay, but I'm having trouble with the going or the giving or the serving or the staying, then you need to come back to the love of Jesus. Because if the love of Jesus has grown cold in you, it's going to be hard for you to do any of those. And and let me just say this, folks, we are not mindless Christians just doing whatever our flesh or a man tells us to do. We're not just robots, Pentecostal robots. We just do whatever the pastor tells us. No, the scripture talks about how the Bereans, they search the scriptures daily communicate and listen to God for what he would speak into our lives. Somebody said to me, they said, I just don't hear from God anymore. And I I asked them, I said, well, are you reading the Bible? And they said, well, it seems so outdated. It just doesn't seem to make sense to me anymore. And said, I don't know why I should. I said, well, if you're not reading the Bible every day, why, why should God speak to you? If you're not giving him a chance to speak to you through his word, why should he speak to you in an audible voice? Take the time, get into the word of God by doing this, you will keep your love for, for God and your relationship with him active and you will be empowered through the love of Jesus to go, to give, to serve and to stay. This word is so important. Your communication with God is so important. You have a time for Netflix. You have time for Disney Plus. You have time for uh, all these other things, Xbox and PlayStation and your favorite shows. But do you have time for Jesus to speak to you? I want to just encourage you today. Why don't you take the next step? If your love has grown cold, then what you need to do is you need to get back to to love with Jesus. You need to get back into that uh, habit of daily, every day, talking to him and getting into his word and being close to him. You say, well, it's awkward. It's strained. It, It may be at first, but it will never get better if you don't work at it. If you don't get into the word, if you don't spend time, you can't expect to be close with somebody that you never spend time with. You can't expect God to just audible uh, uh, big thunderous words into your life. If you're not willing to say, God, what does your word say for me this morning? What are you speaking into my life? Give God the time. Give him the opportunity. Love is why we go. Love is why we give. Love is why we serve, but love is also why we stay. Let's pray right now. Lord Jesus, God, I pray that you would speak into the lives of your people right now. I felt you pulling and reaching for them through uh, the message that you have given me for today. And I know, God, that you want to see some changes in our lives. You've allowed this pandemic to happen for a reason. You've shut us into our homes for a reason. And God, like never before, we, we should be aware that your coming is so soon, that you are opening up the 
windows of heaven and God, you are pouring out blessings and anointing and power and love upon your people. And God, I want you to touch and to speak to each and every one that's listening right now. I want you to move into their living room or their kitchen or wherever they are watching from. And I want you, God, to pull upon their heartstrings once again, to kindle that love for you and to renew that relationship that maybe has gone dormant. And God, if there's any other relationships, habits or circumstances that are in their life right now that are pulling away from you, God, I curse those relationships. I curse those habits. I command them to be broken off of their life right now in the name of Jesus by the authority that I have as the watchman on the wall in the word of God. I speak to those things and I command those things to be broken. And God, I command the love that they have for you, God, to be rekindled. And I command, God, the power of your love to work at their lives and to work in their hearts once again. And God, that they would turn back to you. Lord, like never before, help us to see that love is why we go. It's why we give. It's why we serve. And it's why we stay. Thank you, Jesus, for what you're doing in our hearts and lives right now. In Jesus' name. Would you just take some time to pray? Would you just take some time to get closer to God? Amen. Would you allow the the power of God to work in you? He wants to do something special in you right now. Thank you so much for your attention. Thank you so much for joining us today. I do want to encourage you uh, more than ever before. Now is the time you need to read the word. We've had people that have come out to the church and have served this week uh, working on uh, regluing carpet squares, working on the baptismal, working on the, the, the parking lot, working on painting and doing different things that need to be done. And I'm so thankful for those of you that are loving through serving. This month we have had more than ever before, we've had more people reading it together. But May is coming before next Sunday, May is coming. 
And I want to encourage you, uh, if you have not already, we are going to put the link in the comments, but I'm encouraging you to jump on board with us and read the word with us every day. If you can't read, if you have trouble reading or you, you don't like the language, change to a different translation in the YouVersion Bible app. But if you'll just click on this link, if you're a YouVersion Bible app user, this will allow you to be on the same day, the same page as every one of us as we read through the Bible together in the month of May. I want to challenge you. I want to encourage you to do this and make sure that you make it a habit every day. Communicate with God. Before you start reading, ask God to speak to you. Once you get finished uh, reading, take some time and maybe journal a thought or, or type something or text something uh, to yourself that, that you will remember this is what God is speaking to me today. And I promise you, if you'll do that, God will bless you. We are so thrilled and looking forward to getting back with uh, most of our, our church family very soon. And I realize that uh, we don't know exactly when right now. We are uh, trying to follow the regulations and the standards and procedures that are being laid out to us. But uh, we are going to get back together as soon as possible. Our goal is to have small services. We, we plan to try to start having small services very soon. Uh, we will probably have a Saturday night option and a Sunday morning option. And we will, uh, uh, of course, continue with our online option. But I want to let you know, be praying that God will help us to be prepared. We're trying to get prepared now for those things. And then also be praying that God would give us the wisdom so that we, uh, we, we don't want to make any missteps. We want to uh, be a great example to our community and we want to show Jesus love, but we also want to get back together and start worshiping together. And uh, we look forward to that happening very soon. Uh, I want to encourage you before I go, I want to encourage you. I will be out with the Coopers and with Sister Kathy today. We will be looking for you at 2 p.m. We are going to pray for each and every one that wants to come and, and visit us today at the, the Radcliffe campus at 182 West Vine Street. If you will drive, uh, you, they, you will be given directions as you drive in the parking lot. They will show you where to come. We will be praying over every family, every person that comes through, and we'll pray for every car. We'll stand out there as long as we need to. Uh, but please try to come as close to 2 p.m. as possible, and then we'll make just a great line that will go all the way uh, through the parking lot and not hold up traffic. You won't be here for very long, but we will have a chance to say hello to you and to welcome you and to thank you for coming. Coming. We're so excited, amen, to be able to pray over you today uh, in person. We encourage everybody to come. We look forward to seeing you uh, at 2 p.m. God bless you. Hello, everyone. It's Lisa here, and it is so good to be with you all today, at least virtually, on this Sunday. I'd like to talk to you a little bit about a certain kind of sacrifice. And I want to share with you a story that comes from Luke chapter 21, verses 1 through 4. I'll be reading from the NIV. As Jesus looked up, he saw the rich putting their gifts into the temple treasury. He also saw a poor widow put in two very small copper coins. Truly, I tell you, he said, this poor widow has put in more than all the others. All these people gave their gifts out of their wealth, but she, out of her poverty, put in all she had to live on. To be honest, this story kind of makes me a little uncomfortable. Why? Well, because it hurts my wallet. Jesus is making a point here. Giving is sacrifice. That's not a fun principle to think about, is it? In my own life, I found that it's not difficult to be just like the rich people in that story. 
I give what's easy for me to give, but I don't really give until it hurts. I don't really make it a sacrifice. On the other hand, Jesus praises the widow above everyone else. She's without a husband and apparently doesn't have much to live on, yet she still gives to God. Wow, think of that kind of sacrifice. This is the kind of sacrifice that honors God. Now, I don't want this to come across as manipulative, even though I'm telling a story about giving right before we're going to take up an offering and I'm gonna ask you to give today. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to give what you normally give today. Then I'd like, to, I'd like you to really think about this Bible story this week and let God work on your heart. Is there something more you should give to the kingdom of God? Maybe you can help more financially? Or is there another way you should give? Possibly giving of your time or attention? One day, all the material things we have will fade away, but what we store up in heaven will not. We are so thankful for members of the Crossroads who keep giving back to God of the blessings that he has given us. We know that God loves our cheerful giving. So with that being said, I wanna share with you a few very easy ways that you can give to the Crossroads today. Number one, you can give by texting the word GIVE to 502-200-8425. Number two, you can give online by going to our website in our Church Center app. And number three, if you would like to give in person, we can make that happen. Simply text us at 270-351-6060, and we will make arrangements for you to stop by the church with your giving, or we can arrange for one of our financial team to meet you to pick up your giving or bring you giving envelopes so that you can mail in your giving to the church via the U.S. Postal Service. Thank you so much for giving. We know God will bless you. Hey everyone, I'm Ben. Hey, and I'm Cassie, and we are part of the FIT team at The Crossroads. If you are a guest with us today, or if this is your first time watching The Crossroads Live, we would love to offer you a free gift just by connecting with us through our electronic connection card, simply by texting the word LOVE, L-O-V-E, to the phone number 502-200-8425. We would love to connect with you. Also, special prayer requests can be made through our electronic connection card simply by texting the phone number 270-351-6060, and somebody will be standing by to pray with you. If you're ready to experience water baptism in Jesus' name, please text us so we can set up the arrangements, and we can do that today if you're ready as well. We'd love to encourage you to read the Bible with us through the Uversion Bible app. We can read the Bible together daily and even post our prayer request for us to share in the app. Please stay tuned to our Facebook page, our YouTube channel, and our live stream for updates and events. Also, please let us know if you're confused about anything, and we would love to help you in any way we can. Thank you so much for making the effort to stay connected with us during this time of social distancing. God bless.